Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to the January 28th edition of the Generation Now podcast, the official podcast of the Ridgeway Community Church Youth Group. My name's Matt. I'm the youth pastor here. And today, finally, after a long, long hiatus, let's give a round of applause to Mark Sandino. Oh, thanks, Matt. It's so good to be back oh. in beautiful Ridgeway, yeah. Colorado, no, keep, the keep, bustling metropolis. Keep it going, keep it going, people. Well, yes, oh. thank you. D- no, please stand up, everyone. Standing. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Oh man, Mark, I tell you, we've missed you, man. Yeah, it's been great. Okay, you guys can stop. They're just so fat. I love that. Yeah. Now, one one thing I like about how you say it's the official podcast of Ridgeway Community Church is <laughs> that there are a lot of imposter podcasts. There's tons of them out there. I mean, so many people just get together in their basements and they just make like, you know, like fake Generation Now podcasts. Absolutely. And they even say that they're Matt and Mark and it is very, very embarrassing. Well, it, it, it's irresponsible is what it is. Yeah. For and I know it's not Mark, okay, because first of all, that Mark doesn't have that nasally kind of can cut <laughs> through a wall voice like me. Number one, that's the first dead giveaway. Second of all, I know it's not me because I wasn't there. Uh, you have a great radio voice, Mark. But, Mark, it's good to have you back. Today on um, Generation Now Generation Podcast. How was your trip? How was, how was Washington and Arizona and everywhere uh, in between? You know, it was great to see family, and we got to stay with my in-laws, and they're a lot of fun, and they feed me a lot of food. And I think I probably gained five pounds. Um, I just tend to overeat when I have so much good food in front of me. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see there, uh, Lisa's family. Got to see my family. It does rain a lot. Um, that's what I've heard. I mean, there was very few sunny days while I was there. Uh, so, um, but uh, and then I went to Phoenix for two weeks. But uh, it was our first Christmas with our little son Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Vaughn, he he's changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, going from two months when I saw him, and now he's four months. Yes. He's twice as old. You're How often old? can you say that? Not very often. You're twice as old as when I first saw you. I mean, if you if I'm going to be twice as old now, you're going to be 60. Yeah, and totally. Yeah, I might eat. Uh, yeah. That's not, but it's good to have you home. Thank you, you. You and Lisa and baby Vaughn, it's good to see you guys. Um, I know all of our podcast listenership across the globe across as the well globe. as mm-hmm. across this country have missed you greatly. Oh, thank you. And um, and it's good to have you back. Well, we've got a great podcast in store for you today. Um, we're going to have some good uh, things back in the pop section. And we're going to get into a little apologetics, I think, in the thread, which will be exciting. And we're not going to apologize for these. We will not apologize. But coming up next is The Bullet. Welcome back. That song was called No Cars Go by The Arcade Fire off their latest album, Neon Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not a religious um, uh, album by any means. I don't know why they called it Neon Bible. Because um, who doesn't want a Neon Bible? I would love one. Like if you just, when you crack it open, all the words illuminate. Yes. That'd be awesome. Well, Matt, they and, actually and the, should illuminate to you if you were doing a proper job of being a Christian. Well, I'm not talking about spiritually. I mean, spiritually illuminating, great. I want it to visually. I want the words of Jesus to not just be in red, but in to be glowing red. So let me get this straight. You would rather have mechanically glowing neon letters than the illumination of the Holy Spirit? I want both. I'm, oh. a, I'm a glutton for illumination. Okay. I want to see both. Okay. But you can check out the Arcade Fire. They've got a MySpace page, all that kind of good stuff. Just thought it was good tunes. Kind of weird. 
kind of eclectic, if you will. Um, but it's good stuff. So um, here's the bullet. Got a couple things coming up that I want you all to be aware of. First and foremost, uh, again, this Wednesday morning, high schoolers, we do have prayer meeting at 7 a.m. here in the church uh, lobby. You are all welcome to come. Um, and it would be great to have some new some new uh, faces come. So if you haven't considered getting up a little early for once to come pray with us, you should do so. I think we're going to start getting into a little bit of a study on the book of Daniel, which will be really interesting. Yes. Kind of a, a way to really kind of open our brains up a little bit early in the morning. It'll be good. Um, Wednesday at 2.45 in Miss Matheson's classroom. Don't forget the uh, FCS Bible Club that meets. Um, Wednesday's a short day for you guys, so instead of running home or doing whatever, come on up to Miss Matheson's classroom. It's a great thing what the students are doing there, and we've got a lot of cool things. Middle schoolers, we are going to have youth group uh, this Wednesday night, 5.30 in the youth room as usual. We're going to continue the gospel journey. Um, we had some great discussion last week uh, after our first video, um, and I'm excited about getting, get, keeping that going. This weekend is a huge, huge weekend. It is the high school ski trip up at the Hallelujah House. Hallelujah! Yeah, it's great. You walk in the door and you're like, Hallelujah! And that's like all you can say all week long. It's really hard to communicate, you know? It, it I mean, is. it's like, what do you want to eat? Hallelujah! It reminds me, uh, I went on a missions trip to Mexico, and we were building houses down there. Hallelujah for, houses. It, they should, we, should, we should call them. But when we were, like, you know, nailing and stuff, and I'm not a carpenter. I'm not very good with my hands. But the guy, our, our guide was like, every time you smash your thumb, you have to yell hallelujah. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of cursing God, you praise yeah. him. And um, I was putting up uh, uh, shingles, and I, I smashed my thumb probably... Oh, in the space of 30 minutes about a dozen times because I suck. See, and now, I, I would have a slight problem with replacing a curse word or an exclamation of terror with the word hallelujah because I think it's more kind of in the intention more than the word. Well, I think what he was saying was um, rather than, I mean, to remind yourself when you're hitting your thumb, no. remind yourself of why you're there. I don't know. <laughs> but it was funny. Okay. All, all, the, all the kids that I was on the mission trip made fun of me. Because they said all we could hear you say that whole afternoon was yelling hallelujah, and they were <laughs> laughing at me. Anyway, we're going out this weekend to the hallelujah house. Um, we are going to be meeting here at the church at 4 p.m. Yay! And then heading up there. Um, it is The cost is $30 plus your lift ticket if you have a pass, plan on using it. How much is a lift ticket, Matt? Well, it's not cool. It's mm-hmm. 85 bucks now, man. Do you know that? Jeez. It went up. It's insane. At what was it last year? 75. Oh. Which was still stupid. But I went up with some students a few weeks ago. I'm like, I need a one-day pass for an adult. And they're like, that's $85, please. I'm like, what? Well, now, how many runs do you have to get in before it makes that a great buy? What would you pay for one run? Five bucks? I guess. Okay, so to make 85, let's do the math, Matt. That's What's five and 85? Uh, I don't know. Uh, is it 20? No, it would no. be 16, 17. That would be 100. So it's between 16 and 17. Well, eight, I don't know. That's a lot of runs. It's a ton. Yeah, that's, that's a doubt you can get it down to five bucks a you run. Know, I remember when I was a kid, I'd go to pot, pot, to Powderhorn on uh-huh. top of the Grand Mesa, $25 for a What's lift pot, pot, Powderhorn? Pot, pot, Powderhorn. It was this great. No, I'm just kidding. I used to go skiing on Monday nights at Stevens Pass in Washington and pay $8. You see, what happened to those days? Inflation. Uh, you know, back when my dad and mom bought their first home, the average home was twenty-five dollars to $30,000. Nice. And that was actually, um, the average person made $13,000 a year. Yikes. That'll, but $20,000 today will buy you a bathroom. <laughs> Probably is about it. It's about right, because I'm remodeling <laughs> a home now, and uh, you can't do a whole lot for 20000 bucks. <laughs> cool. Well, all you high schoolers out there, if you're interested in going to the ski trip, remember, it's this Friday, so you're running out of time. I need to know this week. Email me at feedback at ridgewayyouth.org. I'll get you all the information you uh, need. On the World Wide Web? Uh, yes. Electronic uh, mail? Electronic mail. On the internet? Mail. Don't snail mail me. No, because it wouldn't make it in time. I would get the Man, letter this internet on Thursday. Thing is great. It's wonderful. Um, because of the ski trip, we will not have high school youth group this Sunday night, so when we get home, enjoy the night. Um, last but not least, Super Bowl too. and it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. We can't have a big party this year because of it. It's so. the Seahawks versus the orangutans. No, no. Is it is it the Badgers against the Whippoorwillows? No, it's the who cares about the New York Football Giants versus the I hate the New England Patriots. Yeah, this is gonna be a wait great, a second. This is gonna be a the great New York Super Football Giants versus the England New England Patriots. Yes, it's like all East Coast, and I don't like the Giants. The Giants are from New York. Yeah. 
There's, yeah, New York's got two teams. I know, Mark. You're not a big sports guy. Oh, but here's a quick education for you. New York has two football teams. Oh, hey, Matt. The Giants. I don't really care, but okay. I'd like to do something else. Why don't you give just a quick <laughs> shout-out? Just, uh, just a shout-out. Quick shout-out? Just to anyone. You know, honestly, I, w- I do want to give a shout-out to my friends, Josh and Rachel, and all you guys can be praying for them. Their, their uh, newborn baby is having some issues and is in the hospital. So, Josh and Rachel, if you ever hear this, just want to say shout-out to you guys, and we're praying for you. And we think about you. Um, let me let me wrap up the bullet real quick, and we uh-huh. can move on. Last but not least, the Revolve tour is coming up very soon in February. Um, it's the 14th through the 16th, um, and if all you girls, it's a conference just for girls. Uh, we need to start ironing out who's going to be going. So if you're interested, again, you can email me at feedback at ridgewayyouth.org, and I can get you the information you need. So uh, we got a lot to cover today, so we're going to go ahead and move on. Is that cool? Did I forget no. I, I was going to make a comment about your shout-out going on too long, but then you pulled a hat trick on me and then said something really sensitive and caring, so I couldn't mock you about how long your shout-out was. I, I pulled a, a hat trick? hat trick. It's an old uh, soccer term for juking someone. No, it's not. That means you scored three goals in a game. Listen... Matt, I'm a musician. <laughs> Sweet. Coming up next, <laughs> coming up next is the pop. Okay, welcome back. That song was called Youth by Matis Yahoo. Matis Yahoo, Matis yeah. Yahoo, of his album called Youth, actually. It was mm-hmm. a title track. Um, Youth. Kind of cool, weird, reggae, rapish kind of stuff. He's got a pretty interesting story. You can go all read about that. Um, but it's pretty fun stuff. Do you want to hear my song? Yeah. Okay, here it goes. This is a song I wrote. Did you really? Yeah. Check it out. I kind of got to sing over what I sing on it regularly just because the words are kind of hard to hear okay 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 here it comes you ready yeah it's like an in-studio performance Mark Sandino everybody let's just skip ahead a little bit I was did you like it? No. <laughs> what? I, what do you mean you well, didn't like it? It was weird because it sounded like it was Jack Johnson. You know, I get that a lot. A lot of my music sounds like Jack Johnson music. <laughs> I've been wanting to say this for a very, very long time. Uh huh. With the pop, here's Mark Sandino. Oh, sound effects. Hey, that's right, everybody. That's right. Okay, well, we have some interesting stories. Um, a a great invention, a phenomenal invention, and a couple stories. Okay, you know how I love the wildlife news. Yes. And there's always a valuable lesson to be learned in any story about wildlife, be it uh, peacocks being hit with cars in fast food parking lots, chickens and trucks. That was a deer. <laughs> I don't remember. It all runs together. This one's about a shark. And now we've had a few shark stories. And I I'd like, like to, shark stories. And I, you know what? My brother-in-law, John Weitzel, hates sharks. He's deathly scared of sharks. He loves to hang out in Southern California and go in the water and surf, but he hates sharks. So I like to hmm. throw a shark one in there every now and then because I, I do believe he listens from time to time. So, so is this kind of your shout-out to him then? No, my shout-outs are short, to the point, and very effective. Oh, sorry. You want to hear one? Yes. I want to give a shout-out to the New England Patriots. <laughs> okay, Matt. <laughs> okay. No, yours are like this. I want to give a shout-out to the New England Patriots because they've had an 18-0 and zero season, and <laughs> Marcus, to his soupy-soppy, is the best football player ever, and he had that one game with blah, 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 ad nauseum, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. That's not a shout-out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay, so this guy uh, catches a shark, okay? Okay. 
What kind of shark? Well, let me just read the headline. Great. A shark's jaws were latched so tightly onto a man's leg, its head had to be cut off to free him after he accidentally stood on the shark's tail yesterday. <clears throat> the attack occurred more than 200 kilometers off the Gold Coast after the Sydney man, 20 years old, stood on the Mako shark's tail. See, not a real good idea. Yeah. Especially if the shark's not dead yet. He was about to gut the shark three meters long and weighing 90 kilograms after it was hauled onto the deck of the commercial fishing boat. I just tried to get it before it got me, the fisherman said after being winched from the boat and flown to an ambulance at Southport, but the shark was too fast. <laughs> too fast. L- locking its jaws onto his right calf and biting to the bone. You know, <laughs> have you seen um, the, the shark's last gasp? You know what? I know I'm a goner. <laughs> I know I'm going to get it, but I'm going to get this guy. I ain't going down that a fight. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen The Perfect Storm? Yes. That reminds me of, you know, that part where they they were pulling a line and there's a shark attached and it attached to the line and it flew into the um ship and munched down that guy's leg. Yeah. So it reminds me of. Yeah. 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 Well, kind of. Sort kind of. of. But there was also a really big wave in that story. Yeah, and apparently the sailor guy didn't die. Oh, really? In a big storm. Like they did in the movie. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's good news. Well, it's weird because I see Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney in movies all the time. I'm yeah, like, obviously they, did, I, they I, didn't die. I thought they died. Yeah. Weird. Well, you just can't trust Hollywood. And John C. Riley, he's in a movie right now. It's like, I thought you're dead, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Absolutely. Weird. Preach it. Here's a story called Playground Drug Scenes Raise Alarm. Now, you know how these mm. elementary school kids are these days with drugs. Well, check this out. <laughs> drug counselors were called to a Sydney primary school because a five-year-old boy... No, I'm sorry. A year five boy was daring students to lick ground-up chalk off his palm. Hmm. Very the incident suspicious. occurred at a public school in the eastern suburbs in Term 4 last year. It followed another episode at the same school involving three of the students who turned in creative writing assignments f- featuring a fictional drug island and football stars Ben Cousins and Andrew Johns who were involved in public drug battles. Okay, now, wow. just the first part of the story, licking chalk off the hand. They right. called in drug counselors. Now, Matt, do you remember your elementary school days? Vaguely. Okay, how many stupid things like this did you see kids do? Um, Eat the dirt! Yeah. Eat the dirt! Totally. Okay, so... Or worse. Do you think these kids really require drug counselors? Well, no. I I mean, no. I just think it's a little ridiculous. We get, we, I think we go completely overboard at times. Well, to be fair, that is another Sydney story. So this is, we're talking about Aussies here. Yeah, that's true. And I'm, you know, I don't want to offend all of our Aussie listenership out there because it's, it's huge. Yes. But you know, obviously, I mean, it's a different culture. I mean, maybe their kids have grown up a lot quicker than ours have, and then you know, third grade they're already right. doing crack and stuff. Yeah, I don't think that's that funny. Well, yeah. Three arrested after cast register stop. Now, what I love about this story is the implausibility of their crime. Okay. Hear the following. <laughs> this is in Slidell, Louisiana. Okay. It all added up for authorities during a traffic stop. That's when following a burglary... That's easy for me to say. Burglary in Livingston Parish. Authorities stopped a vehicle carrying three men, including one holding a cash register from the business that was just hit. <laughs> Slidell Police spokesman Captain Kevin Fultz said, It's kind of a dead giveaway, he said. <laughs> Authorities said Bryce Williams, 20, Simon Licciardi, and Oscar A. Garcia, all of Slidell, will break Thursday with burglary and attempted burglary in connection with 11 burglaries in July and August. Okay, apparently these guys aren't too bright. No. Hey, they're pulling us over. Just, just pull over. Act like nothing happened. Evening, son. What do you... G- hey, get out of the car. Why, officer? No, I got this at Office Depot. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, I just think that's uh, real bright of those guys. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Let me dig up another one. Okay. Uh, that one is a little depressing. Man dies after accidentally shooting himself at a party. You know, while you're searching for one, I was listening yeah. to a relevant podcast, and they talked about a guy who took the Bible so literally um, that that mm-hmm. he felt like his hand was causing the sin, so he cut, cut it, it off, off and yeah. called the cost. Honestly, I think that hap- that kind of stuff happens more than you know. You think? That's yeah. crazy to me. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yes. Uh, here's a funny story about a prominent psych- psychiatrist who testified in court, apparently gave some testimony other people didn't like, and then was herself put into treatment by medical authorities. <laughs> but uh, that was a little too long to, to uh, have. Uh... Okay, uh, here's, here's one. 29 things to be happy about. Cool. This is starting off okay. good. Well, it, it's a little bit snarky, this huh. whole thing. I'm going to read just a couple of them. Uh, it's all doom and gloom, war and global warming and whatnot. 
Lots so, of those are obviously okay, so, things so to be here, happy about. So here's a few things to be happy about. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Tom Cruise really is insane. There's no doubt about it anymore. <laughs> okay. What? You know, his most recent uh, treatise on um, his <laughs> cult that he's in. I heard about Yeah. That. He's really insane. Um, does, you know what? Oddly enough, that does make me very happy. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Let's see if I can find another one. You know, my, my week has been really down. But now that I heard of that Tom Cruise is officially crazy, I'm happy. Okay, here. There's some uh, great new children's publications come out. There's a book called I Don't Want to Blow You Up. Is a new children's book by the author of It's Just a Plant. It dares to tell children that the vast majority of scarf, turban, headbang, burka-wearing peoples in the world do not, in fact, wish to bond them, eviscerate them, um, or hurt them in any way. <laughs> Can you imagine going to the store? I don't want to blow you up. Oh, we'll get this book for little Timmy. <laughs> or, or you go to the library for story time with your little toddler and like, today we're going to be reading the story. I don't want to blow you up. And like, oh, yay. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, so here's another one for you environmentalists out there. The pollutive factories, the mountain of plastic, the enormous carbon footprint, the illusion of better taste, the myth of health. Yes, people seem to be waking up to the giant $15 billion a year sham that is the bottled water industry. <laughs> In fact, the EPA's regulations for tap water are actually more stringent than the FDA's rules for bottled water. Solution, filter your own tap bottle. Yeah. Tap water. Tap sorry. water. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I mean... I yeah, unless you recycle, I guess it makes a little bit more sense if you're buying bottled water and you're recycling the bottles. But that does seem a little crazy to be thinking, environmentally speaking, and you buy all these waters, and where do they go? It's to the trash. Yep, yep. Here's one that my wife will appreciate. Hormone-free grass-fed beef really does taste better. Organic food really is healthier. Tell everyone you know. These all link to independent stories about uh, you know the, these issues. So, Well, that's cool. Um, it also reminds me of a story I heard that... um. The the, uh, the the FDA made a decision that it's okay now to distribute cloned meat oh, geez, in, that's weird. into the into the populace. So the next time you guys eat a hamburger or a steak, just think for a second: this could have been meat from a cloned cow. Yeah, that's cool. That's I think that's totally cool. I think it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I think I'd like to sing a little more of my song. Okay, go. The dance that I'm called cows organic beef isn't the even organic pesticide free things. Anyways, that's not because you just brought up something that was in my song, so I thought I'd just sing it for you. <laughs> right, because okay. you you actually wrote a song and talked about cloned cows. I did. That's impressive. Monkey pajamas lead to burglars' arrest. Police say monkey business is no more. After a victim's description of a burglary suspect's monkey print... That is a weird sentence. Let me try that again. <laughs> monkey business is no more after a victim's description of a burglary suspect's monkey printed pajamas lead to his arrest last week. Oh my that gosh. is a tongue twister. The 17-year-old man was arrested Friday morning for burglary after a female ASU student gave a description that directed police to the suspect. So, listen, moral story, if you're going to do burglary, don't wear monkey pajamas. That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> So anyways, uh, the police officer got a description. The officer then contacted the man in his apartment where he was pretending to be asleep and arrested him. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm tired. Who are you, Mr. Police Officer? You're wearing monkey pajamas. <laughs> I'm a monkey pajamas. <laughs> anyways, that's in uh, Arizona there in Tempe. Hey, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this off with one of the most phenomenal inventions I have ever seen in my life. You can buy this at thinkgeek.com. It's called Snooze You Lose clock okay and it's spelled s-n-u-z-n-l-u-z what this alarm clock does it's basically a wi-fi donation alarm clock and wi-fi is wireless internet sure okay so let's say you want to be motivated to get up in the morning absolutely okay every morning this alarm clock if you don't get up on time and shut it off will log into your bank account and donate money to causes that you hate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it, it connects via <laughs> Wi-Fi to your online bank account and donates your real money to an organization you hate when you decide to snooze. Like so if you accidentally sleep over, like $100 is going to be given to the Taliban. No, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> or to Al-Qaeda or let something. Me, okay, for years the masses have told you if you want to, if, that if you snooze, you lose. You never believe them. You held your head high and slept in whenever you wanted to. 
always without fear of loss. Well, dear friends, the times have changed. The ingenious sages at ThinkGeek Labs have finally created the ultimate weapon against snoozing, the snooze and lose. People who enjoy sleeping are in cow are cowering in fear all across the globe. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so it's, it's quite simple, actually. The snooze and lose uses the very complex psychological phenomena, phenomena known as hatred. Basically, it's human nature to wish harm upon your enemies. Similarly, similarly, it's human nature not to give your enemies gobs of cash so they can grow big and dominate the world with a totally wrong, stupid, and invalid point of view. <laughs> I think you realize Good that. That's play. why every time you hit the snooze button, the snooze and lose will donate a spe- specified amount of your real money to a nonprofit you hate. The problem of sleeping is solved. <laughs> it's like this time of the year you get a a, a W two tax um, donation receipt from like the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah. No, like, seriously. Snap! No, check it out. You connect it um, to the v- network via the RJ forty five in the back or via Wi Fi. Then simply configure the embedded web browser configuration utility. From there, it's a snap. Simply select your online banking institution for the list of supported <laughs> banks. There's over sixteen hundred are supported. Supply your login information and select your favorite hated charity or nonprofit from the included <laughs> list. There's sixty two hundred currently supported. Then plug in your There's donation. Currently yeah. supported. Then plug in your donation <laughs> amount per snooze incident. It has to be at least ten bucks. Oh man. So here's a couple common usage suggestions. Okay. Are you a butcher? Snet your snooze and lose to donate to PETA. <laughs> Are you a Republican? Snet your snooze and lose to donate to the ACLU. <laughs> Are you a land developer? Snet your snooze and lose to donate to the Wilderness Society. That's awesome. Enjoy your freedom in a blue state? Set your snooze and lose to donate to the GOP. Or enjoy your freedom in a red state version? Set your snooze and lose to donate to moveon.org. No. <laughs> Are you a hippie? Set your snooze and lose to donate to the American Coal Foundation. Are you a ninja? <laughs> Set your snooze and lose to donate to, hmm, we can't find a, pri- a pirate charity at the moment, but there must be one somewhere. Anyways, the point is, it's easy to set up once you've identified your enemy. <laughs> if you're a ninja, just send them to a pirate. <laughs> so and here's how they finish their description. Never before, except for, that, except for that one time, has a product created the potential for so much profit, time profit in the world. I don't know what that means. And are we are so sure that you'll never snooze again? We've created a very special promise. We promise you'll never snooze again with snooze and lose, or you'll eventually go broke. It's that simple. That is that is And that phenomenal. is all I have. That is, oh, man. <laughs> Should I send a picture you can upload to the podcast pages? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that'd be great. You know, it's very reasonable. It's $40. <laughs> It's you know honestly it's a pretty darn good idea. I mean, oh, yeah, other hilarious. than like an electrical prod, I mean that's a great way to get you out of bed. You know, yeah, absolutely. Oh. So that's all I have for the pop. Awesome, thanks, Mark. Again, man, it is good to have you back. Wait a second. Yes, you can sing a little bit more your song. No, I'm just again sing a little bit. Don't hit I I mean it's so funny because Did you talk about the purple ninja? I think I heard that. No, I I didn't. didn't. (laughs) I'm gonna send you a picture though, Matt, to put on the um the podcast uh notes. I will put it up to be. Alright, thanks a lot, Mark. Coming up next is the thread. Well, welcome back. That song was called Gravity by Sean McDonald um, off his album, Simply Nothing. It's it's an oldie but a goodie. That album's been oldie out for a while. Um, but I don't think we've ever played Sean McDonald, the podcast, and I happen to like his music a lot. Uh-huh. So you can check him out at myspace.com slash Sean McDonald. It's S-H-A-W-N McDonald. So good music. Um, so coming up here in the thread, we wanted to start maybe, maybe this might become a series for us for a, a series, while. if you will. If you will. As it were. And I, I'm actually kind of excited about it. We're, we're going to be doing uh, talking a little apologetics. Now, if you're not sure what apologetics means, that it's simply a... Um, uh, 
arguments to stand up for the faith, essentially. Um, and Mark has dug up some really intriguing questions about spirituality and God and faith, and, and then we're just going to discuss them. I don't think, you know, obviously I, I'm pretty sure Mark and I are going to pretty much be in agreement about these, so it's not going to be a debate. But uh, no, That's what you think. <laughs> but it is exciting to think about us discussing these pretty interesting questions, and then I, we want your feedback. Yeah, let me give a... We let really me, do. Let me give, first of all, a, sh- uh, a compliment by the way of a shout-out to my brother-in-law, Travis Pardo, who is quite the theologian himself. He's pursuing his Ph.D., uh, and uh, he suggested he's an avid listener of the podcast, That's, which is amazing. Thank so, you, yes, Travis. Yes. By uh, the way, you have he's one a, of our underwriters. He buys advertising. We've never managed to get one of his ads in yet, right? But because uh, we can't figure out how to do it, right? But he pays us like five thousand bucks an episode, which is sweet. That's why we have such an awesome rig in here. I know, absolutely. But Travis, I, just for you being such a great listener, there is a Generation Now podcast T-shirt in the mail to you right now. It's awesome. just. Our, we don't use the U.S. The United States Postal Service. We use actually a, a, a turtle with only three legs. That's right. And it's coming from f- the southern tip of Florida. He lives in Washington, so mm. it could take a while to get there. We just well, taped it to the back. And it used to be the Pony Express, but they've lost so much funding that they've had a result. And the three-legged turtles. Three-legged turtles. Uh, anyways, his, this was his idea. And I haven't had a chance to uh, get some of the books he showed me, but I did. I thought, you know, what a great thing. Yeah. You know, fundamentals of faith. And the definition of apologetics, there's a couple of them here, but I think okay. the best one I see is, Apologetics. Okay, it's a noun. Um, by the way, it's not an old uh, Christian band that like does parodies of other songs either. This is a different apologetics. Oh, I didn't even know there was. You know, I I didn't know. That's mm. funny. The or, or 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 uh, there we go. There we go. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> okay, they were confused. It there. is defined by Answers.com as of the branch of theology that is concerned with defending or proving the truth of Christian doctrines. Okay. Thank you. That was such a concise definition. Well. You know, it is the internet, the World Wide Web. Okay, so I thought let's just uh, let's. I'm going to ask you the questions, Matt. Okay, and I'm and I'm going to have you give your best stab at answering these. Okay, I am and you cannot so use the World nervous. Wide Web. Okay, no, okay, okay, no. You can't go on the internet. Okay, man, I'm nervous. Okay, um, I'm going to start with the most basic of basic questions. Okay, okay. How can we know that there is really is a God? Well, Does God really exist? And and keep it concise. Wow. We don't want you to wax on, wax off. I'm concise, eloquent, precise. Okay. Did I say precise? You did say precise. Well, doubly precise. Well, before I answer that question, I do want to say I'm a this little... This is not off to a good start. Well, I, I'm just saying I'm a little intimidated that there is somebody pursuing a PhD listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, Travis is humble. I, I've got to... I'm sure my, my English is not even worthy no, but that's okay. That's okay. But to answer your question, okay, how can we know that there is a God? I know that there's um, different philosophical arguments. The one that um, has always intrigued me is a philosophical argument that if there is no God and there never was a God, then it would make sense that humankind would never have come up with the concept of God or something to worship. So just the fact that humankind throughout history has always had some kind of object to worship proves that there is something out there to worship, that there really is a deity. Mm -hmm. Um, And if there wasn't a deity, then we would have never even come up with the concept to worship something. So you don't think it's in the capability of man to invent a god? But why would they invent that if to there control was people? To nothing to do. I don't know. I don't think that they would. It's, okay. it's an interesting argument. Well, you know, and, and I'm just playing the devil's advocate in this sure. case. It, there's no more of an apt yeah. description of, of countering that thought. But Perfect. devil's advocate, you know, you talk to people, they say, well, it's a, it, religion is the opiate of the masses, meaning it numbs and it anesthetizes the pain in our life. It gives us something to hope for. Because, you know, Matt, without hope, life is pretty miserable, whether it's hope towards that great barbecue you're going to two weeks from now or that raise you're hoping to get in your job. Hope, without hope, life is just a complete bummer, right? Totally. So this is the ultimate hope that, hey, it can all go to pot. It can all fall apart. But at the end of the day, it does not matter because I'm going to go live in eternity with my creator. But I think it probably would have been more than that. I think if there was no thought of a creator I mean, people think more of an annihilationism kind of mentality, where at the end of life, I'm just going to become dust. I'm, you know, I just cease to exist. Um, and I would think, well, there's no hope in that. So how is that going to be popular? But there, there's no. I mean, they don't need hope. Yeah. Who cares? I'm going to do whatever I want, and if this is such a bad, horrible thing, well, who cares? I'm going to die and go away anyway. 
I don't know. Well, with, yeah. without without using scripture, which as a pastor I tend to lean on, it's difficult for me. I've never liked apologetics because I have a hard time. I have a hard time debating outside of Scripture. Yeah, you know what's really interesting? I, I have a, a, you know, a fair amount of unchristian friends that I, I really love. And you know you try to come at them from a scriptural viewpoint, but they don't value or believe in the Scriptures. Right. And you really start to understand where God calls men unto him. And if someone is, has hard in their heart and they don't believe in their, in their they find it ridiculous, right. faith in general, uh, it's really hard to do anything other than philosophy with them. And didn't, you know, one of the things I lean back on, because I ask myself this question quite frequently through my life is, you know, outside of scripture, which really is the first and only place we should go in, right. in, on one sense, why not, why not believe that there's a God? Yeah. That I mean I ask that question just as much why believe there isn't a god. Why why not? You can't you can feel the air but you can't see it. Yeah. You can split an atom and flatten a city. No one understands that entirely. We just know it happens. We know yeah. how to make it happen. What is the force that holds molecules together? How is it that quarks at the subatomic level disappear from our known dimensions and will show up a few inches away, or, or nano inches, or whatever right. the measurement is? I mean, there are so many things we don't understand. Why is it? It's just as likely that there is a God, you right. know. So, anyways, let me read their answer, and that's this a, comes from BibleInReference.com. That's a really good question. By the well, way. and it's it's a humanistic approach to apologetics, which it's mm-hmm. it's probably not one that holds much water. Um, okay, in our everyday experience, just about everything seems to have a beginning. In fact, the laws of science show that even things which look the same through our lifetime, like the sun and other stars, are running down, thus indicating a beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. The sun is using up its fuel at millions of tons each second. Since, therefore, it cannot last forever, it had to have a beginning. The same can be shown to be true for the entire universe. So when Christians claim that the God of the Bible created the entire universe, some will ask what seems a logical question, namely, where did God come from? Yeah. The Bible makes it clear in many places that God is outside of time. He is eternal with no beginning or end. He is infinite. He also knows all things, being infinitely intelligent. Is this logical? Can modern science allow for such a notion? And how could you recognize the evidence for an intelligent creator? Okay, so I obviously can't read this entire treatise here. It's too long. So uh, let me just hit some highlights here, and I might kind of choke a little bit on this. Um, uh, Let's see here. Scientists get excited about finding stone tools in a cave because they speak of intelligence. A toolmaker. They could not have designed themselves. Neither could anyone believe that the carved president's head on Mount Rushmore were the product of millions of years of chance erosion. We can recognize design, the evidence of the outworks of intelligence in the man-made objects all around us. Okay, So we take for granted that humans can be creative designers of things. Okay, so... Uh, there's also design in living things. Molecular biologist Dr. Michael Denton wrote as an agnostic. Can you give us a definition of what an agnostic is? An agnostic is someone that would believe that there is a higher power or a deity, but yet we cannot comprehend or understand what it is. And it is uninvolved with humanity. Completely removed. Okay. Um, Dent, uh, M- Dr. Michael Denton, writing as an agnostic, concluded, alongside the level of ingenuity and complexity exhibited by the molecular machinery of life, even our most advanced 20th sec- century technology appears clumsy. It would be an illusion to think that we are aware of at present, oh, I'm sorry, it would be an illusion to think that what we are aware of at present is any more than a fraction of the full extent of biological design in practically every field of fundamental biological research, ever-increasing levels of design and complexity are being revealed at an ever-accelerating rate. The world-renowned crusader for Darwinism and atheism, Professor Richard Dawkins states, and I think he's the guy that recently wrote the book The God Myth, Hmm. we have seen that living things are too improbable and too beautifully designed to come into existence by chance, yeah, and which is which is quite an indictment by an atheist. Totally. So basically, in a nutshell, what the agnostic fellow is saying is that <clears throat> all of our greatest accomplishments in technology, the computers that we've built, all the amazing advances that we have done, pale in comparison to the complexity of what we find in nature. For instance, the brain. I mean, we still. I mean, we're work. I mean, scientists are working and trying to understand how the brain operates, but we don't really know. 
how it really works. Yeah, and I'd like to um, take this chance to um, dispel a myth about the human brain. Have you heard before that we only use about 6% of our brains? Yes, I have heard that before. It's not true. Oh, good. Uh, since they have studied and mapped the brains more, we actually use quite a bit more of our brain space yeah. than previously thought. And I would like to thank, once again, my in-laws for providing a book, two books, actually, about uh, myths and uh, um, misconceptions that uh, in the book dispels a lot of those. That's I should cool. have brought that book. I'll bring it next time. Yeah, that'd be great. But you know, but it's just such a great. In fact, maybe that would have been a better um, apologetical answer to that first question: if there's a God or not. But I mean, just to look at the design of the things you see in nature, um, the things that um, are just so amazingly complex, like the eyeball and how the eye works and how does the eye receive an image and then translate that to the brain, just it is mind-blowing to think how advanced, technologically speaking, that is. And if we, working as hard as we can, can come up with something like a computer and it's not even close to what happens in nature, it really does show a lot for the design of the creator himself. Yeah, exactly. And and evolutionists are some of the people that obviously believe there is no God. Because if they believed a God, they would be much more likely to believe in creative design. Sure. Okay, or intelligent design. Uh, But one of the things that is um, logic against evolution, and an evolutionist might argue against this, is scientists have found that within the cell, there are thousands of what what can be called biochemical machines. All of their parts have to be in place simultaneously or the cell can't function. Things which were thought to be simple mechanisms, such as being able to sense light and turn it into electrical impulses, are in fact highly complicated. Since life is built on these machines, the idea that natural processes could have made a living system is untenable, meaning impossible. Impossible. Biochemist Dr. Michael Behe uses the term irreducible complexity in describing such biochemical machines. Hmm. Systems of horrendous, irreducible complexity inhabit the cell. The resulting realization that life was designed by intelligence is a shock to us in the 20th century, who have gotten used to thinking of life as a result of simple, natural laws. But other centuries have had their shocks, and there is no reason to suppose that we should escape them. Richard Dawkins, the uh, atheist, recognizes this problem of needing machinery to start with when he states, the theory of the blind watchmaker, meaning there's no way someone who's blind can put together a complicated machinery of a watch. Right. Okay. The theory of a blind watchmaker is extremely powerful given that we are allowed to assume replication and hence cumulative selection. But if replication needs complex, complex machinery, since the only way we know for complex machinery ultimately to come into existence is cumulative selection, we have a problem. So he's basically saying if we believe one theory of cumulative selection, meaning it works itself out over time, Right. But we also understand that there is complex machinery that can't coexist at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple fact that, that the evolutionary thoughts basically states that it has to start from something simplistic and it involves into something complex. You know, we came out of a, a single cell, came out of the primordial ooze, and involved into something more and more complex. Yes. But what they're finding in the molecule is the basic piece in that cell is too complex. You can't break it down into anything more simplified. And it's still too complex for it to happen. All those things had to be in place at the right time and then bang, had to start going for it to even work. Yes. And there's another great example of, you know, it's just it, things just don't evolve. It, it's also my thought of, you know, and, and when you think about, about an evolutionary thought, how, you know, you have the cell that turns into like a mitochondria that turns yes. into a fish that turns into a salamander. Well, when the fish crawls out of the water, I mean, it either has gills or it has lungs, you know? Yeah, but... You, how does it have both? But the way... An evolutionist would say that natural selection works is 10 billion fishes die, and somehow they they the ones that get out and then come back in develop a trait that pass you know it's it's over many 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 permutations of failure that something adapts and there is evolutionary change within species yeah so it that can happen you know but jumping from species to species is where the real problem yeah happens. Total let's, problem. let's let's wrap this up there's a, just a, a, a a pretundrance. A pretundrance. <laughs> yeah, good word. Of of uh, information about this. Well, I tell um, you, this is highly intriguing. To oh me. well, you know, I, I these kids ah. think so too. But uh, <laughs> listen, let me say this: if you logically go from um, random chance design through permuta- permutations of 
of, of change, meaning it just kind of gradually changes into something. If you go from that to believing, wait a second, this is complex machinery. We can no longer expect this to happen naturally as we can for a blind person to make the most complex watch, which yeah. is not even close to the amount of machinery in place in a human cell, right. we start to see that there could be intelligent design. And it really comes down to this, and they put it r really succinctly here. The crux of the matter is this. And, and, and once, l let me say this, more and more secular scientists, atheists, agnostics, they're starting to see that, wait a second, I've got a problem with this whole religion thing. Yeah. But I can't deny, through looking at nature, um, uh, all of, you know, bio biology and everything, that there's something going on here. Right. And more and more are saying that, just as as many more people are working fervently to deny the existence of God. But the crux of the matter is this. If one accepts that there is a God who created us, then that God also owns us. Yep. Which, as an independent society, we bristle at that. He thus has a right to set the rules by which we must live. In the Bible, he has revealed to us that we are in rebellion against our Creator. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of like, oh, shoot. Dang it. Because of this rebellion called sin, our physical bodies are sentenced to death. But we will live on, either with God or without him, in a place of judgment. But the good news is that our Creator provided, through the cross of Jesus Christ, a means of deliverance for our sin, of rebellion, so that those who come to him in faith, in repentance for their sin, can receive the forgiveness of a holy God and spend forever with their Lord. You know, so, really, when I'm driving, I've been driving a lot recently. I just yeah. drove from Seattle to Colorado, and man... I don't want to do that again soon. That is, <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? I had to meet Lisa at an airport. Normally when you meet someone at the airport, it's about a half an hour drive, 45-minute drive. Yeah. No, I had to leave Seattle and meet her in Salt Lake City <laughs> at 745 on Saturday the 19th. And it's, it, I drove for 11 hours and got there 15 minutes late. Oh, so man. I would just like to pat myself on the back. You did very one. well. Wait a second. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Okay, so when I'm sitting down with my friends who aren't believers and... You know, I, I mean, I, it's 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 great for people to be in a place where they feel like we can have open discussion about spirituality and, and religion and all that stuff. But what boggles my mind sometimes is here we are breathing air, walking on two legs. Um, not only is the intelligence of creation amazing, just yeah. you know, we can think and talk and communicate, right. okay? And supposedly we came from, you know, sludge, but you look outside and you see nature. And if you under, like, for instance, if you understand anything about nature, chaos, the, you ever heard of chaos theory and chaos mathematics? If, you you've, can, if you've watched Jurassic Park, yes, you've heard of uh, it. Yeah, and, but, and that ultimately got me interested in, as, as a hobbyist to look into quantum mathematics and chaos theory. And I have understood just enough, just a smidgen, to see that, oh my gosh, I can absolutely see how there is intelligent design here because you can take absolute chaos and boil it down through examination into complete organization. And I'm I'm just I'm thinking how naive are we as humans to think that the only thing that's true is what we can perceive with our senses. Yeah, absolutely. Yet when we look out into space and millions of light years away, there are stars and planets that dwarf our own. And to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got it figured out. This is what happened. Right. This is how old the Earth is, and and this is and this is exactly how we came to be. It is the ultimate arrogance. And logically, I don't see why we can't, just with a portion of our ability to believe as humans, say, you know what? There may be a God. There are so many people in our society who are so set against believing that God may exist. Yeah. And and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that if we believe God exists, then we have to believe that he owns us. Right. And he ultimately has got his fate, got our fate in his hands. And I right. think that's an affront to our independent, humanistic approach to life. Right. More than it has ever been in history. So I just, I, you know, it's really cool to go over this stuff. Right. And I'm sure we didn't answer all the questions no. for everybody. But, you know, I mean, and the other thought is, is that, the simple fact of the matter is no matter how much somebody wants to say that they don't believe in anything or they don't believe in a God, everybody has a measure of faith in something. Everybody believes in something. You always believe in something. Um, and, I mean, it's just a simple fact of the matter. I mean, evolution takes a lot of faith. I, uh, yeah, it does. Faith. And, you know, I have some friends who are staunch evolutionists. And, you know, shame on me for not knowing more. At the end of the day, it's kind of like a religion and mm -hmm. if someone is not positioned in their heart to believe or to give it a shot that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he yeah. came to do this crazy, wacky thing that we believe, 
which we believe, then you're not going to get anywhere with them. Yeah. Well, man, this is such a great conversation. But I think it can be summed up with this section of my song that I wrote about this very subject. <laughs> I'd like to play it for you. It's kind of where I left off last time. But it's just an evolutionism is what you think it is. About it's real. And many planets and stars are out there. Really, really good. And so on, so on. We didn't come from such. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like the no, 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 I just no. thought when I was writing the song, you know, it really just says it all. It does. So, <laughs> That's fair. So next week we'll have another uh, um, <laughs> question. And, you know, maybe we should, um, you know, get my brother-in-law, uh, Travis, to write in with some insight uh, or a question he think would be most interesting I would think to the listenership. Great. I think it'd be great. How I many th- listeners do you think we have? Let's take a wild stab at you it. You know, I, I don't know. Hey, I have an idea. I think we've got at least five. I'm sure we do. Okay, so why don't we have? Why don't we do this? Everyone who listens this week, send in, and this could be very depressing. I hope we have more than five. <laughs> Everyone who listens this week, send to what email address? Can we send this into feedback at ridgewayyouth.org? Feedback at ridgewayyouth.org. Now, Ridgeway spelled R-I-D-G-W-A-Y. There is no e. No Ridgewayyouth.org. That just say you listen. Yeah, and and maybe if you want to give a shout out. Yeah, okay. shout well, out would be great. A shout out or something. But send it in this week, and we'll count it. I, I, I'm i saying we're going to get about five. <laughs> I just hope we, oh, man. I hope we get more than five. But you know what, Mark? Even if we only have one listener, it's a pleasure to talk to you every week. You know what, man? I feel the same thing about you. I mean, I could just sit here and just listen. And can you hear clear. my phone ringing? I can hear your phone ringing. I should have turned it off. That's okay. How about this? Can yeah. you hear that? Yes, Those are people did. clapping for Thank you. you, everybody. Thank okay, you. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. All right, sounds good. Hey, like Mark said, write us at uh, feedback at ridgewayyouth.org. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Be a great. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. Great podcast. Good you to too, have you Matt. home. Yes. Um, so I'm going to say Matt. I'm Matt. See you later. I'm going to say Mark. I'm Mark. See you later. Generation Now, be informed.